Welcome, Think Anesthesia subscribers, to this episode of the Think Anesthesia podcast. I am Amanda Shelby, the Think Anesthesia content coordinator for Jurox Incorporated. During this episode, I get the distinct pleasure to introduce my friend and animal pain police colleague, Tasha McNerney. Tasha is a certified veterinary technician and veterinary technician specialist in anesthesia and analgesia, and the original anesthesia nerd and creator of the Facebook group, Veterinary Anesthesia Nerds. And what I'm particularly interested in learning more about is the certified veterinary pain practitioner uh, certification that she holds through the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management. I should mention Tasha is currently an anesthesia consultant and relief technician. Welcome, Tasha. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And I love the fact that there's a cat meowing in the background. (laughs) I was just thinking, Gato, that's his name, Gato, (laughs) be quiet. Uh, But yeah, we'll definitely keep that in for all of the viewers. But yes, Gato is with us as well. Roxy, my 16-year-old pit bull, but she's definitely, she probably will not make any noise. Well, Tasha, I'd really like you to first tell me about the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management, who they are and what they do for the veterinary profession. Sure. This is a a group of people that's really near and dear to my heart and so many fantastic veterinarians coming together within the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management to start a movement to really get people Uh, not only clinicians, but pet owners as well to understand what we're talking about and things to look for when we say chronic pain or maladaptive pain or all these different ways that pain can manifest in our patients. So certainly if you guys are doing surgery, everybody knows about acute pain, but as we have our pets living longer and we know osteoarthritis, we're more concerned with chronic pain and we know that pain doesn't always serve the best purpose. Certainly in the immediate it does, but The IVAPM is really trying to get out there, not only with veterinarians, but veterinary technicians and nurses, veterinary students, researchers, industry reps, everybody around the world. We're all kind of on that same mission to advocate for the best practices when we're talking about treating animal pain. So, you know, it's not just anesthesia, it's really anesthesia, but also oncology and pain management, dentistry and pain management, physical therapy, rehabilitation, all of these things coming together to provide the best experience and kind of like, you know, move that needle forward when it comes to pain management. That is wonderful that we're getting such a highlight on pain management in veterinary medicine for a long time thought a painful patient would be a faster to recover patient. We've learned contrary to that. And and we've learned that acute pain is is yet a symptom of the larger disease that could lead to chronic pain. Could you give me some information on how you become a uh, certified veterinary pain practitioner? What does that process look like? Sure. The CVPP or certified veterinary pain practitioner is a designation given out by the IVAPM And the process of going through it is very similar to obtaining your VTS or your veterinary technician specialty. So the cool thing about the CVPP is it is open to not only veterinary technicians and nurses, but also veterinarians. So it really is trying to bring in the whole staff of the animal hospital together. Anybody who might work within the realm of pain management, give them this extra designation and extra information. So if you're interested in becoming a CVPP, you need at least five years in full-time practice. And at least two of those years, the most recent, need to be working with animals in pain 
and you need to be able to submit letters of recommendation, usually from your, you know, boss or your coworker or something like that, saying basically that, yes, we have seen this person in the past two years, they do work with animals in pain. Now that doesn't have to always be only acute pain from surgery. That can be if you work at a clinic that has a rehab practitioner and you participate in chronic pain evaluations or rehab, or if you participate again in osteoarthritis rechecks or things like that, as long as you can say for two years, you've been working with animals in pain. There is an application and a skills checklist, and that can all be found on the IVFM website. You need to provide that letter of good standing. And then after you submit the checklist, you also are going to submit case reports. So again, these are very similar to the case reports you write for your VTS. They can pertain to perioperative pain management, major acute pain, chronic pain management, but case reports, we really want to be able to see during those case reports that you understand how to properly manage a painful case from start to finish. Um, and then after that, there's a lot of things, but after that, you want to turn in your CE requirements. And this is probably the thing that maybe tripped me up the most is that you really have to hone in on the fact that from the past couple of years, 90 hours of CE has to be pain management related. So that means if you want to do this, I usually tell people, start now getting your CE and make sure that it's pain management related. And then once you turn all this stuff in, your application gets approved, just like your VTS, you go to a major conference, usually IVEX, and take the test. Yes, that seems very familiar to obtaining a VTS. So being such an involved process, once someone goes through that, what value does that bring to them professionally, potentially even personally, or to their employer? Oh, man. So there's a lot. But I mean, I guess what I'll say is for me, I'll speak from the technician point of view because I am a certified veterinary technician. So I guess I can't speak as much to being a veterinary clinician. However, from the veterinary technician perspective, what that allows you to do is not only do I feel like I am a better overall technician, because now not only am I a VTS in anesthesia, right, but now because I have this deeper understanding of chronic pain, um, all the way down to what dermatomes are innervated and what drugs are going to affect C fibers versus the A fibers and all of that stuff, which I just like to geek out on. But I just feel like it makes me a better anesthetist. It makes me overall a better advocate for my patient, right? I can look at this patient and say, hey, what's the likelihood of chronic pain developing? How about I make some drug choices now to prevent that from happening? Here's some questions I might ask to follow up and that kind of thing. Now, I do know if you become a CVPP and as a technician, you can kind of become your clinic's main pain management person or your point person for pain management, whatever cool acronym you want to give yourself. That means that any post-surgical patient you can do follow-up appointments with, and that's also true for chronic pain management cases. So you, as the technician, you can set up technician appointments as recheck appointments or every 30 days or every 60 days to see how patients are doing, especially osteoarthritis patients or even like IBDD patients. And you can, together with the doctor, work up treatment plan, administer that treatment plan. You can get extra training in things like acupuncture, massage, rehabilitation techniques. So at my one practice, I kind of became the point person for kind of these chronic pain management cases, especially really difficult to manage or hyperalgesia cases. 
they would get referred to me. I did a questionnaire with the owners and then I would do all the follow-up together with the doctor. But that way the doctor really wasn't the one that had to do every recheck appointment. I did the majority of them, put, gave my findings back to the doctor, came up with a treatment plan together with the doctor and then communicated that with the owner and then performed said, you know, again, massage, hot, cold therapy, range of motion, things like that for these chronic pain management cases. So I do think that there's the opportunity for the clinic once a technician becomes a CVPP to set up these chronic pain management appointments, again, a little extra revenue for the clinic, but more importantly, right, increased job satisfaction for the technicians. Can technicians, when they get these extra letters after their name, we want to use those skills, right? So yeah, let the technicians use those skills, better overall patient care, keep on top of those chronic painful conditions. And I think that's a win for everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of took this in a direction that we didn't anticipate going, but it's interesting in that utilization of any member of the veterinary profession in the workplace encourages retainment of that person, personal and professional satisfaction. And this really seems like an avenue that if you're a technician with these credentials, that the hospital could really capitalize on the advantages that that brings to their clientele and ultimately their patients. So it seems that this would really maximize profit and revenue for a practice, but also that satisfaction that we're providing quality in service to our patient populations and improving their lives. Oh yeah. I think that again, it just works out so well, not only for the patients because they have a dedicated technician who understands those nuances of again, chronic pain versus acute pain versus all the different types of pain, but also it can be a revenue builder for the practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, wonderful all around for our patients and the practice. Yeah. Lastly, I would just like to end that while we do disagree on the best laryngoscope blade, mm. <laughs> I very much appreciate your time this evening to provide us with this valuable information. Hopefully it does inspire others to go pursue this certification. I know it's a long road, uh, many with our profession being an average of five to seven years and that it requires five years. This really entrenches us in pursuing and maintaining uh, this profession as a career, which definitely is satisfying. For more information directly about the IVAPM, uh, you can find their website. It's IVAPM.org. Information for this certification can be found there, as well as all the other resources they provide. Would you just close with giving us an idea of once you're a member, what other resources this organization provides those members? Yeah. So Again, depending on how hard you want to geek out, there's so many uh, links on their website to some really cool studies and some research that's being done. We are always talking on anesthesia nerds about what is the next cutting edge thing in pain management. And usually it's at the IVAPM.org. You can find a lot of information there. I personally like IVAPM.org. Not, they not only is a great, you know, just group of people, but they have developed on their website a uh, CRI calculator. So if you're feeling nervous about CRI math, you can download the IVAPM CRI calculator. They have all things ever figured out, all things like ketamine and MLKs or you know, any kind of analgesic CRI that you might need. So that's a nice, useful tool there. And also the IVAPM does a lot of Facebook Lives. They do a lot of interactive education. 
And so there's always kind of, if pain management's your thing, there's always new information on IVAPM.org. Well, thank you, Tasha. If you guys want to learn more about pain management, that's definitely the place to start. Thank you so much for your time. And with that, that concludes the Think Anesthesia podcast this episode. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.